know, the other thing about that is the best time to do real estate is now. And, and and I will tell you that in a year from now, I will tell you that three years ago, I will tell you that five years uh, from now, regardless of where the market is, the best time to do real estate is right now. Because if a new investor is trying to forecast what the market is doing and how it's working, you're already behind the date ball. You're already behind the curve. Welcome to Podcast for Patriots. I'm your host, Jim Fralick, and this is show number nine. I ain't rich, but I damn sure wanna be Working like a dog all day ain't working for me I wish I had a rich uncle that'd kick the bucket And I was sitting on a pile like Warren Buffett I know everybody says money can't buy happiness But it can buy me a boat Our goal here with Podcast for Patriots is to educate, inspire, and assist military members and veterans in achieving financial wealth through real estate investing. Hello, everyone. I am motivated today to introduce you to Tony Rosenbaum. He is a retired Marine Corps officer, veteran of wars in Iraq, CEO and founder of Motivate, Inc., He's a real estate investor, real estate educator, and a vetrepreneur. I don't know if I said that right, but I'm going to ask him about it. Tony, do you have me five by? Jim, how you doing, buddy? Good to be with you. I'm here in uh, sunny Southern California uh, coming to you, and I uh, yield out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area now, but I'm uh, living the dream, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, being here and what you do for our veterans. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know you're. I know you're busy with a lot of stuff. Working on another degree, I think master's degree. I think some of the listeners might know you from Fox Reality TV show Boot Camp, and I know you've been on a couple other things on TV. And you're out there teaching people, teaching executives, uh, teaching real estate, and just uh, all over the place from what I can see online. So I'm wondering if you can maybe uh, fill the listeners in on on a little bit about your military career and how you came to be doing what you do and then slip into what you've done with real estate and uh, kind of your outlook today. Over. Yeah, you bet. Well, just to kind of summarize here a little bit, I was uh, born and raised in Flint, Michigan. Joined the United States Marine Corps when I was 17 years old back in 1985. Uh, shipped off and uh, spent you know, uh, 20 years as a United States Marine from 86 to 2006. First 10 years, I was an enlisted Marine. I have a very raspy voice still to this day. I was a Marine drill instructor from 1992 to almost 1995. That was a great, great run for me, one of my favorite duty stations. Uh, you know, able to train new recruits to become Marines. That was a great honor. I was blessed to be around some uh, great uh, leadership. Most of my ranks were meritoriously promotions. So I was uh, ahead of my peer group in many ways and loved it. Uh, again, surrounded by great people. Uh, did really, really well uh, as a Marine drill instructor, meritoriously promoted to staff sergeant. And that kind of opened up the door for what you had mentioned about some of my reality TV shows. I was blessed to be on four reality TV shows, a couple on Fox, uh, one on the Discovery Channel called Could You Survive? And I did one overseas as well, pursuing uh, past my 10 years 
as an enlisted Marine. I became a warrant officer, chief warrant officer, and then retired June 30th of 2006. And my goal was when I was retiring to roll into something that I wanted to do. You know, after you're, uh, you know, given your, your, your life to God, core country for 20 years, you kind of want to do something for you and your family. And I, I really was focusing on being an entrepreneur. Uh, being a veteran, rolling into an entrepreneur, I call myself a veteranpreneur. I still love helping other people, but I was really focused on, uh, you know, making some money and uh, living the dream. And I've been doing it ever since. I started doing real estate just prior to me getting out of the Marine Corps. A good friend of mine, Naval Academy graduate, his name's Eric Slykeo. He um, got me involved with real estate and I've been doing it pretty much since. I uh, took a little hiatus for a bit, went overseas, I had an opportunity overseas. I went to Kabul, Afghanistan, and ran a logistics company for a couple of years. Uh, that went really well, made some great money, met some great people, got a little hairy over there, so I migrated from Kabul, Afghanistan, over to a place called Dubai. So I lived in Dubai, running my operations in theater um, in Afghanistan, and while I was in Dubai, I know you're going to get a big kick out of this, Jim. I was actually doing real estate from Dubai here in the United States. Uh, what I always tell people about real estate, number one, you got to know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, stay away from it until you do. If you want to get involved with it, learn it, uh, educate yourself, uh, ask other people, go to classes, take training courses, uh, because all of those things matter. This is not something that is a hobby. Um, hobbies cost you money. Uh, real estate makes you money. Um, I was very involved with it from uh, the beginning, learning, educating myself, helping others. Uh, so it's been a, a really, really good run so far. I've learned a lot over the last uh, almost 15 years, you know, and I continue to learn. I don't, I'm not one of those individuals that just kind of rest easy. I want to learn, develop, uh, kind of continue in education. You mentioned me going to school. I'm, I'm blessed to be in a position to be able to go back to school. I'm two classes shy away from my master's degree in executive leadership. I chose that particular field because outside of real estate, I still do consulting uh, uh, speeches and I'll, I'll go in and I'll coach C-level and mid-level managers on being a better leader, a better performer, a better team player, a better entrepreneur, a better business owner. And all of those things really kind of stem from initially all of my background as a United States Marine, combining that with my degree in business and now furthering that education in my master's program. Copy. Thanks for filling us in on all that. That is uh, quite a lot of background there. And you probably had no dream coming out of Flint, Michigan. You just, you're showing up at boot camp where your hard work and focus might lead you uh, down the road. That's, uh, that's a crazy journey. You've introduced a few new things to me here. One is vetrepreneur. I don't know if you coined that phrase, but I'd never heard it before myself. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. Shows some original thought for sure. And then uh, this incredible journey for reality shows, still working on a, a master's degree in executive coaching. You can see why your good guy too found a company called Motivate. Uh, definitely. So I'm going to peel back. You, you basically gave a couple of lessons learned. But what I like to do with my podcast is early on in the podcast, drill down and give one specific thing. If you could give listeners who are really motivated to get into this, definitely need to get educated, as I've found out the last few years. What might you warn them about based on experiences you've had and something you've run into that didn't work out, maybe the way you planned? Early 
early warning systems online. General quarters, general quarters, man your battle stations. This is not a drill. Repeat, this is not a drill. Well, you know, because I'm an instructor as well, uh, you know, I, I teach people how to become a real estate investor. So fundamentally, I'm, I'm a big, big supporter of foundation work. Uh, you know, going back to my Marine Corps days, for example, and just to kind of illustrate this point, you, you don't just become a Marine from reading a book. You don't become a Marine uh, because you know somebody that was a Marine. You become a Marine by going through boot camp. That's uh, 13 weeks of going through a very structured environment where you're learning, you're training, you understand the historical importance of what you're doing, you understand the technical details of what you need to do. So any advice I could give to your listeners out there in terms of it, they want to get started in real estate is focus on the fundamentals, understand what it is, understand what you're getting into. When you talk about real estate investing, there's there's hundreds of different strategies uh, to be an investor. Um, don't try to do it all. Do some background checking on uh, what you might be interested in and start going down that path. And as you start going down that path, you know, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, listen and learn, leave your ego at the door. You know, I, I came from a, a pretty big status, if you will, on being a United States Marine Corps uh, war, uh, chief warrant officer for 20 years, TV personality, owning my own business. But when I got started in real estate, when I walked into my first training class, I put all that aside and I was there to learn and I was there to listen. And I was also just there to kind of give myself a, a sanity check on if I wanted to be interested in it or not. You know, some people have these misconceptions on uh, real estate is easy. Now, I would say it's not necessarily hard, but it's also not easy. You got to put the time in. You got to put your reps in just like anything else in life. If you want to be good at it, understand what it is, focus on what you want to do and dig into it. Learn the fundamentals first, grow and develop and continue to grow and develop as you go through your real estate career. Awesome. Great warning and advice for the listeners. I actually want to step back a little bit because I figure why I got you on here. I want to take the opportunity to ask this question. Obviously, a strong foundation, training, education, these are big themes with you. And it makes sense given your background. I'm wondering if now that you've had these experiences between your Marine Corps experience, your Marine Corps instructor experience, your combat duty, the reality shows, was there any any thread or any recurring themes that come up in here of like, what what did being on a reality show teach you, if anything, or did anything that you did before that help you with that? Yeah, you know, I, I think if there's a theme to it all is, you know, and, and you've probably heard the phrase, you know, if you believe it, you can achieve it. You know, things uh, in, in the realm of never quit, never give up. If you want to go do we're living in the most incredible country in the world. You want, you talk about opportunity. There's more opportunity in the United States of America than anywhere in the world. And if you want it, go get it. Kick yourself in the assets and go out there and get it. Don't be lazy. Don't procrastinate and have a plan. You know, one thing that I always do with new investors, and quite frankly, uh, anybody that I'm coaching in terms of leadership or development or management, we, you know, we develop a plan. And, you know, you're, you always hear the phrase, a failure to plan is a plan to fail. Yet everybody knows that phrase, but yet so many people 
don't do anything with it. They don't create a plan. They just kind of start going because they're emotional about something. You got to keep the emotions out of real estate. Real estate is not a hobby-based business. It is a business. So you need to treat it like a business. Take the emotions out because there's a lot of it that can be mixed up in there because you're talking about money. Uh, you're talking about making a substantial amount of money. And if you do it right, you will. If you get emotional, uh, you let that kind of drive your decision-making uh, policy, it's going to go the other way and you're going to lose money. That's not what you want to do. So stay true to yourself and make sure that you have a plan. Now, every now and then, uh, as everyone knows, life, whether that be in garrison, it be in combat, it be in real estate, it be in nursing, it be in you know, firemen or fire, whatever it is, just because you have a plan doesn't mean that's going to work exactly the way you lay it out. But you at least have a framework of setting up some goals to know where you want to get to. And you have an aiming point. Without an aiming point, how do you get started? People ask me all the time, uh, Tony, I want to get started in real estate. How do I get started? What are your goals? Uh, do you want to do you want to flip a house? Do you want to have a, a rental property? You want to go into commercial real estate? Where do you want to get started? I can't help you unless I understand where you want to go. And, and quite frankly, the other part about that is, you know, how much effort are you going to put into this? Talk is cheap. If you want to go out there and get it, focus on your plan and work your plan. Amen. Thanks, Tony, for that. As that uh, some solid advice and motivation. I'm getting like pumped up here. I'll probably do some push-ups after this and listen to you. And hey, I can Jim, feel it. Jim, not, not probably. Definitely. I will. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, I can tell you I did my workout this morning already though. So I did uh, I did well, get up and do that, but I'm even a little more motivated here listening to you, uh, your raspy voice. So what age were you when you started losing your voice? I was a Marine Corps drill instructor in February 1992. And as you know, Marine drill instructors, uh, I uh, tend to yell a little bit, so I blew up <laughs> my voice a number of times, coughed up blood. I have scar tissue on my throat, so that's why it's always a bit raspy. And, you know, it is it is what it is. And when I met my wife, she loved it. So, you know what? Occupational hazard that worked out. <laughs> Amazing. Scar tissue. Love it. So, hey, uh, so many areas I bet you could uh, motivate us on and teach us about. But I want to get specific about kind of your outlook, your personal outlook on investing a little bit. In general, because you mentioned earlier, you were obviously a remote real estate investor at some point, as a lot of military uh, guys are. I look at the landscape investing as generally four areas, and that's probably a little self-limiting, but I, I notice a lot of people are opportunity-based investors. They don't care where it is or what asset class. Some people focus only on geography. Some people focus on asset class. Some people do asset class and geography and opportunity. And some people are very niche-based, like a former Marine friend of mine who's out in Colorado now. He only does Airbnb and he splits up houses into pieces and rents them out. What's your philosophy in terms of investing? I know you're coaching people probably in all these areas, but what about you personally? What do you, uh, how do you like invest? You know, Jim, that's a really good question. And I think that's an important one too, because it goes back to the fundamental piece. Initially, when I got started, it was uh, really in newer construction. Uh, that was, you know, before the big bubble pop in 08. So this was back in 05, 06 uh, time frame. And my initial focus was on new construction. Sometimes, you know, we were just flipping contracts, flipping paper, wholesaling. Uh, other times uh, we got involved with some builders, you know, but as the mark, one thing that I learned is 
if I'm going to be real niche, you need to understand uh, the cycle of what that means for you. Because in that example, on new construction, and when the market crashes like it did, nobody was building because nobody was buying. So what do you do? Do you wait? Do you not invest? Or do you reinvent yourself a little bit or break off from the niche that you had and go into some other areas, which is what I did. So instead of waiting for the the market or the cycle to come back around, I just started looking at what other people were doing. I asked a lot of questions. I got involved with, you know, real estate investment clubs, other groups, asked questions, listen. I, I do a lot of listening. I'm obviously I'm talking now because you're you're interviewing me and when I'm teaching, I'm talking. But outside of that, uh, for me personally, I do a lot of listening. I've been blessed to have some really good people in my life. My mentor in life is outside of real estate, but kind of inside real estate. His name is Ed Renzi. Uh, He's on the cable news networks all the time talking about economy and people. He's the former CEO and president of McDonald's USA. He's been a mentor of mine uh, for 20 years. I met him during one of my reality TV shows when I was representing the Marine Corps. And I've been blessed to have him in my life. So as I was going through some of these shifts, Talking to him and looking at different aspects of real estate is when I started getting involved more on the flipping side. Because when the market hit, you know, that that was damaging for a lot of uh, Americans, uh, obviously. But at the same time, you know, those big windstorms like that also create a lot of opportunity for it. And there was a lot of opportunity on distressed homes, bank-owned, real estate-owned homes. So that was kind of led me into a different direction. So I don't necessarily stay with a niche piece like uh, maybe your associate with the Airbnb. I look at opportunity as a whole. If it's something that I know about, then I'll go after it. If it's something that I'm interested in, I'll learn it and then go kill it. Uh, Again, this business isn't, I I don't want to minimize the work that you need to put in. I don't want to minimize the effort that it takes to learn how to do it. But I do want to stress again, many of us, many people in life already know what hard work is. Uh, This doesn't necessarily need to be harder work. It's consistent. You need to keep learning. If your direction takes you uh, a little to the right sometimes, quite frankly, that's okay. As long as you're doing the right things right, your trust, verifying the work that you're doing. And to me, Jim, it comes down to two things. It comes down to people and process. If you get the people in the process uh, formula right in this business, That is what allows me to be able to be a remote level investor. A lot of people that are going into investing only want to invest in their backyard, which I I never say don't do that, but I always say that's fine. However, I want you to continue to look for opportunities outside of your backyard because, quite frankly, that's where most of your opportunities are. So it's about people and process. People and process. Okay, awesome. I'm making some notes here. For myself as well. I love that overall outlook. And I'm curious about what you're thinking related to the current market. One of the reasons I'm asking this is just because it's been annoying me. It's in the back of my head. I saw something on LinkedIn the other day and it essentially was, the article was something like, why aren't we partying like it's 1999? And it went into, hey, the recovery has been amazing over the last few years, uh, but it's not as strong as it was in the 90s. And I took that as more negative because- I just hear a lot of people saying like negative things, like everybody being scared about where the economy is. And and I look around and all I see is opportunity. Like you, I'm kind of, I see so much opportunity in America. And given that the markets fluctuate based on how people are feeling, I find it very disheartening when I see a lot of people 
saying sort of negative things about this recovery or, or downplaying how incredible our economy is right now. So that aside, my personal bias aside, I'm wondering what your outlook is, maybe specific to real estate investing opportunities right now and like the horizon of what's going on in this real estate cycle where you, where you might think we're at. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a really good lead in because, you know, I, I like to stay plugged into current events. I think it's important as an American citizen to understand what's going on in this great country of ours, regardless of what side you're on. I have, you know, I have friends on both sides of the aisle, uh, Democrats, Republicans, and everyone has a different viewpoint on this. But what I would tell people, you know, I, I, I have my thumb on the pulse on this. Not only do I do it, I teach it. And not only do I do it, teach it uh, locally, I do it nationally. So I, I talk to people all across the country from coast to coast, north and south. And I see it. I'm, I'm in it. And when I when I hear things like that, I kind of chuckle because, you know, you get such a narrow viewpoint with one author or one group or one news network or one newspaper, uh, which unfortunately are incredibly biased nowadays. And you know what? Stay away from all that nonsense and just know this. We have one of the strongest economies in American history growing right now. Consumer buying is up. People are happy. People have more money than they've had before. Uh, do we have work to do uh, in our economy? Absolutely. Uh, do we do we continue to do more? And, and should we? Yes, we should. Uh, should we work together and try to figure this thing out uh, together as a group and, and unite as American citizens? Yes, we should. All that said, this is uh, one of the greatest opportunities in American history right now to do real estate. You know, the, the, the pundits that disagree with that are people that aren't doing it or they're not active in it. And they, you know, are just kind of basing their information off of uh, nonsense, quite frankly. And, you know, the other thing about that is the best time to do real estate is now. And, and, and I will tell you that in a year from now, I will tell you that three years ago. I will tell you that five years uh, from now, regardless of where the market is, the best time to do real estate is right now. Because if a new investor is trying to forecast what the market is doing and how it's working, you're already behind the day ball. You're already behind the curve. So get involved with it. That doesn't mean jump in uh, to a deal that you don't know what you're doing. Again, foundation first, education, learning, training, go out there and get it, get it done. But once you're, that's the point. Under, get it going. Understand what it is. Because if you don't get started and you're always trying to chase the market, you'll never get to it. You'll always be behind it. Copy. I agree 100%. Good point. And so now I want to ask you to speak for a moment to uh, new investors. Most people listen to my podcast. I think we're over 400 downloads yet. We're still pretty young. First time investors or young military people. Uh, some people have little money or poor credit. Some people go through, you know, everybody's got their own story. You know, military members, you've been there before yourself. Uh, what might you tell them? Yeah. So that's an interesting one because I, I deal with this pretty often. And I will tell you this. I, I grew up in Flint, Michigan, a distressed town. Uh, I didn't come from money. My family didn't come from money. And my attitude toward life is... If you want to go get it, go get it. If you have poor credit, number one, let's look at why you have poor credit. If you have poor credit because you made mistakes, uh, understand what the problem was, what the cause was, and fix it. Be accountable. Uh, accountability is very important in life. because, and, and the reason why I say that is because you don't want to make the same mistakes. It's, it's okay to make mistakes. 
you know, Gene Cron's failure is not an option. That doesn't apply to most people. Failure is okay in a lot of cases. In my business as a United States Marine fighting overseas, failure was not an option. But in most cases, whatever industry, failure is okay because now you learn from it. You, you learn what not to do and you don't repeat it. Unfortunately, people don't uh, adhere to their own lessons learned. But going back to credit, again, if, if you make mistakes, understand what it is and don't fall back into that same trap. You have to be responsible and accountable for your situation. Now, I will also say bad things happen to good people. Sometimes people over leverage themselves because of medical bills or they're out of work or whatever. And I get it. I'm a realist. I totally understand that. But do whatever you can to work on your credit. Even though you don't need to have great credit to do real estate, what credit does for you as an individual, it gives you leverage to be able to get better interest rates personally and better interest rates professionally in your business when you're ready to get lines of credit to do real estate at a bigger level. Um, but starting out, if you have distressed credit, so keep working on that always. Never give up regardless of age. You always want to increase your FICO score. That's important. But you don't need great credit. What you need is the right deal. And the way that you get to the right deal is understanding how real estate works, get involved with people that know what they're doing, ask a lot of questions. If, if, if somebody comes up to me, I'll give you a perfect example. My little, my, I'm the oldest of five. My youngest brother, Cody, came up to me and said, Tony, will you teach me how to do real estate? And I said, absolutely. I will, I will help you as much as I can. First of all, I want you to read this and do this and go through this course because that's going to give you the fundamentals that you need to understand. Then I can take it from there and I can uh, uh, highlight and accentuate those those learning tools. But the reason why I a lot of times I'll send somebody to either a course or do something, number one, I want them to maximize their time and not, and not overpower my time. But at the same time, I want to see their level of commitment. If you're going to go up to somebody and say, hey, will you teach me this? You better be willing to put in the work, put in the reps, and show that individual that the time spent with them really, really matters. You got to step up your game and be a part of that. If you have no credit, get involved with somebody that will help you. Family, friends, uh, other investors, get with real estate investment groups, different meetup meetings and uh, real estate and start to learn the fundamentals and the basics. There's a ton of information online that you can read about uh, some of the fundamentals in real estate so you can understand if you like it or not. And that goes the same way with resources as well. Not too many people that get started in real estate, you know, have millions of dollars to be tossing around into deals. A lot of people get started with distressed credit. A lot of people get started with no money. So how do you get going? Well, you're going to use other people's money. We call that OPM, other people's money. That could be in the form of a an uncle. It could be in the form of a private money lender. It could be in the form of a hard money lender. And people look at hard money lending as a, as a negative, and it's not. If, it's, if it doesn't break your deal, even though you got to pay a high percentage rate and you're still making a good solid profit on that deal, you pull the trigger on that deal and you go for it. There's a lot of different sources out there. Get smart about it. Link up with uh, some sort of mentor or coach that can at least point you in the right direction and then you go for it. Awesome. I did hear a guy once at a, a seminar I went to said, the more you learn, the more you earn. That makes sense. I did want to throw a couple things in based on what you're saying. 
uh, OPM, other people's money. I've had a book here for years that I think was part of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series on OPM. It's related to businesses in general, not specific to real estate. And I will tell you, even as late as a few years ago, I was 46 years old, and I thought I'd get back into real estate. I started with a vision of, oh yeah, other people's money, I'll syndicate, I'll get this money together, gathering in even even then, with what I knew then, I was very naive about it. Number one, I think to your point, good deals, good deals attract money. So if you have a good deal and you have some type of ownership of it or you found it in a way, then I think that is, is one of the best ways to attract other people's money. But in general, if you don't have your act together or you don't have some track record professionally or personally or both, People aren't going to want to come to you and invest money with you. That might be an obvious statement, but I do run into a lot of people when I'm looking on bigger pockets forums and people getting started in this sort of like this naive idea that, hey, I'll just set up shop and then people will start giving me money and we'll invest together. Well, it doesn't exactly work like that. Uh, would you agree? Uh, Jim, you're 100% on point. And I'll add one thing to it uh, because you're exactly right. You know, just because you have a good deal, is, even when you just you have a good deal, that doesn't mean everyone's going to be attracted to it because, you know, a lot of different investors, some some really know what they're doing and they're going to ask you some tough questions. And then there's going to be other people that may want to invest in you just because you're you. Uh, maybe you're dependable. Maybe they like you. But ultimately, what you need to do as an investor is language matters. If you're going to go out to an investor and say, you know, I got a deal. I need 100000 Okay. Can you, you know, give me more information? Or can you, you know, if you present it, listen, uh, you know, Bill, uh, I've been working, uh, building up my business for X amount of days, weeks, months, and years. I have an investment opportunity. This is what it looks like. Here's an investor packet. Here are the numbers. Here are the details. This is what you're going to get out of it. And by the way, here are the safety mechanisms built into this deal to make sure you're getting paid. This is how we do it. You know, you lay it out there. Tell the story on what it looks like for that particular investor, how they're going to benefit. And stick with the facts, too. I see too many people you know, fluffing up the deal. At the end of the day, if I'm investing with somebody, I keep it short and sweet. Uh, the details matter, of course, but don't try to fill it in with a bunch of fluff or personality. If people like you, they like you. You don't need to accent, accentuate that. What matters to them, because now we're talking about money. We're not talking about just a good time at the bar having, uh, you know, having drinks. We're talking about real money. And when you talk about real money, people get real concerned. So the way that you uh, avoid, un, you know, uneasy or awkward conversations is to have a good plan, put it together in an investor packet that's nice and tight, that makes sense, and give them the opportunity to say yes or no. And never depend on that one individual. If you are totally confident that you have a, a rich uncle and you know that they love you or whatever, you know what? That's always a great target. But at the same time, never depend on just one source to do your deals. Copy. Uh, that makes sense. Ideally, they like you personally as well. But if you're reliable, I, I just noticed people invest in, in teams that they believe in, people they believe in, A, and then B, the deals that make sense. They want to know how they're going to get their money back, first and foremost, how and when. Uh, you mentioned family earlier. Just a side note, when I when I looked you up, because I didn't, uh, a friend that I work with on syndications initially put me in touch with you, as you know, Jack Petrick, uh, which, who's doing some incredible deals out in Cleveland, Ohio, by the Love way. Love Jack. Love yeah. Jack. Yeah, him and I are getting ready to do some stuff together. And 
Uh, I'm, I'm blessed to have him in my life. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy. When I looked you up, though, one of the first things that, that popped up on my Google search of you, because you're out there, you're pretty popular now, was you giving a Corvette to your father. Did I see that right? <laughs> Tell me about that. That was amazing. Yeah, you did see that right. That's pretty cool. I, You know, growing up in Flint, Michigan, uh, again, not, not having much uh, in terms of things or money, I was blessed because I had two loving parents. And, you know, back in the days where you could uh, jump over cars on a bicycle with no helmet, drink out of the water and, you know, out of the hose and all that good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my, my parents have been such an enormous impact on me because, you know, as you get older, you appreciate family more. And, you know, my I lost my mother last year on June 4th. So just a few days ago was the one year anniversary of her uh, loss of life. And, you know, she taught me how to be tough, uh, believe it or not. When people say, man, you've been to combat X amount of times, a Marine for 20 years, et cetera, et cetera. You must be one tough son of a gun. I said, you ought to meet my mother. <laughs> uh, my mom was one tough lady. And to parlay out that, I'm, I'm blessed to have two incredible parents that, you know, provided me tough love, but was also, you know, just provided me love. And and my dad worked for General Motors for 38 years in what they call the pit, uh, you know, building gas tanks in the basement of a GM plant in Flint, Michigan. And uh, you know what? He's just He's just one of those guys. Everyone loves my dad. He's very personable. He'll take the shirt off his back to give to anybody. And he's done that all his life. And, you know, raising, uh, you know, five kids and all that, it's tough. And, you know, he had me when he was 19 years old. I was the first. And, you know, just over the years, we've evolved from a father-son relationship to, uh, you know, just uh, best friends. And he's just a great guy. And I like to do stuff with my family. I like to you know, enjoy their life. And so for a couple of years ago, I called uh, um, my Corvette guy. I, I bought a few of them and I called my Corvette guy and I ordered uh, my dad. He, My dad didn't know what I was sitting in. I was actually had a, uh, a Cadillac uh, CTSV. I was sitting in that car with my son, Tristan, uh, interviewing my dad. I go, hey, dad, you know, I know you're still playing the lottery numbers. Any luck? No, no, no. You know, hey, dad, what would you do? If you hit the lottery, he goes, Tony, I would go out there and buy me that car. And I knew exactly what he was talking about because he's been talking about it almost all his life. And I go, mm-hmm. what car is that, Dad? He goes, a, a brand new Corvette. Uh, okay, what color would it be? You know, black, uh, convertible or hard top? And nice. my dad says, oh, I want a convertible. The ladies need to see my face. That's, <laughs> that's my dad, right? So, you know, I was just taking notes. And and uh, I so I called my Corvette guy, uh, ordered uh uh, a car and and I had it delivered right there at the National Corvette Museum in Bowling Green, Kentucky. That's where the manufacturing plant is now. And I flew him in there. I didn't tell him. They have a uh, live camera feed that I posted up on Facebook. So there was thousands of people watching <laughs> me deliver this car to my dad. And uh, my dad's uh, got all emotional. Then he got angry because he thought I was messing with him. And then he got emotional again because I pulled out the keys. And he says, geez, how are we going to get this thing home? I said, Dad, it's 511 miles from here to your door. We're going to drive the hell out of this thing. That's what <laughs> we're going to do. He goes, oh, my God, I can't drive it. I go, why not? It's your car. He goes, it's brand new. I'm, I'm nervous. I go, you got to drive it. He goes, why can't you drive it? I go, well, Dad, you see the car next to it? 
He goes, yes. I go, that's my car. <laughs> so I, I bought a brand new Z06. So we, I bought a pair of Corvettes for us and we drove them back to, to Michigan. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those monumental, um, you know, those, those moments in life where you go, oh God, you know, this, this is really, really cool stuff to be able to do something so incredibly powerful for somebody that means so much to you. That is phenomenal, Tony. And I, I appreciate you sharing that with us that, uh, Wow. Your your mom was obviously an amazing woman. I could just tell by listening to you talk about her and based on uh, the output, like my wife says, the proof is in the pudding. And uh, to do that for your father, that is, uh, that is an incredible uh, once-in-a-lifetime moment. And I, I really like your outlook uh, on family and sharing that. That's uh, definitely inspirational thing. So that was an amazing drive back. And you guys made it back safely, I presume, with no scratches. No scratches, no dents, uh, big smiles, and uh, rolled right into a big party. He didn't know, but I also set up a, a huge party with a band and food and you name it when he pulled in, so he got to show off his new car and, and just enjoy it, you know, and, and ultimately, that's what life was about. You can, at the end of the day, you can take away all the cars, you can take away all the properties, you can take away all the other things, and, you know, if if I have just my family left standing at the end of the day, loving each other. That's all that matters. Uh, but at the same time, you know, life is short and, you know, you have, you have the time. People always say, I don't have time to do things. And then I go back to, well, let's look at your time management more than just time. Because if you effectively use your time the right way and be more efficient and effective with your time, you're going to be able to get more done. You're going to feel better about it. Your confidence is going to go up and you're going to be able to kind of break, uh, you know, break the kind of the monotony of everyday life. You know, that's one thing that, that real estate and investing will do for people. If done right is, you know, you don't, you're not, a, you're not uh, just, happen to go to a nine to five or a nine to six or seven every single day and just that grind a multiple stream of income even if you're doing this business on a part-time sometime business or basis just to make a little bit more money that multiple stream of income is really really nice to have so i would encourage all of your listeners if they're interested in real estate learn how to do it and go get it be persistent too you know we're living in an age of everything is right here right now and fast so be persistent. Don't don't think this is going to happen overnight. You know, you you want something, you order it on Amazon. It's there in twenty four to forty eight hours. This isn't like that. But what this is is an investment into your life, and quite frankly, this is a legacy piece for your family as well. I agree. Thanks, Tony, for for that. I uh, you know, I've had a, a real life example of that pop up last night. You know, I'm I think you know I'm forty eight years old. I'll be forty nine. In December, my youngest son's 23. He just graduated from college. And nice. so he's back home right now. And he, he's got his fingers in a bunch of stuff, including uh, getting a license in New Hampshire to do real estate here. He's already got one in Massachusetts. But I had some plans to put out uh, my Froggy Realty newsletter last night. He wanted to play chess. He's he like, hey, let's play another game of this. So, uh, one thing I like to tell people, too, to think about is at the end of the day, it is about family. Like if you get into real estate in addition to your full-time job, that's good. Have a plan and stick with it every day. But don't forget that at the end of the day, likely you're trying to do this to create more quality time with your family. So I've been reminding myself lately uh, when I run into opportunities with my family like that to just take them now, right? Because why will I 
uh, forego those opportunities today to have some time in the future imaginary. It's just kind of my thought process on that. And it just came to mind when you were talking about that. You bet. Spot on. So the last thing I want to, I'm going to let you go because I know you got a bunch of stuff on your plate today. You got to teach some people. You got to hit the gym. It's still early out there in SoCal. What book would you advise people? Give me a book or two. I bet you got a ton of stuff, ton of sites, classes. But if you had to pick a couple, like one or two, uh, what would you tell people to pick up? Man, that's a great question. Um, The last couple of years, I I do more in-person meetings as of late, uh, only because I've been really focused on my studies. But, you know, some of the classics you already mentioned, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that still holds true today. Even outside of real estate, you know, self-motivational books, self-help books, anything that can help you spark what you want to do, whether it's in real estate or any industry, quite frankly, or just be a better dad or a better leader. Go to the self-help section, go to the real estate section in Barnes and Noble, thumb through a couple of things, read the, uh, read the acknowledgements in the front, read the back, pick up any book and get started. There are so many out there. Rich Ed Port Ed is definitely one of those good ones out there for sure. When I when I initially got started in real estate um, back in the early 2000s, one of the kind of kingpins at the time, his name is Robert Allen. I'm sure you know who Robert Allen is. Maybe some of your listeners does not. He's the guy that took uh, the uh, the unemployed person out of the unemployment line and took him to you know make a bunch of money in real estate and ultimately. You know, when you look at the the kind of continuing thread to a lot of these successful people is it comes down to systems in place and work in those systems. So as you're going through and you're developing your own cherry in real estate, you have to start establishing some guidelines or some procedures, not only in how you run your business, but also just kind of how you run your day to day. If you can start being more effective or more efficient with your time, not only is that going to yield you more profits, it's going to yield you more time to be able to do the things that really matter, such as, you know, play chess with your son. So I I don't have one book that I point to that was the eye opener for me just because I'm always into a lot of different things. But I would encourage any of your listeners just to go into a bookstore or get online and, and Google search you know, best, uh, you know, real estate book or most motivating book to read and, you know, uh, pick up five of them and just start thumbing through them and then start going through. And and what I used to do when I was doing self-help books and some other things is I would collect some books and then I would uh, make my own kind of summary of those books and develop my own uh, strategy on how I'm going to attack life and how I'm going to attack business. And that's worked for me. Great input. Great advice. Tony, I, I'm going to uh, let you go here in a second then. I just want uh, to give our listeners a chance to get in touch with you to learn more about uh, your business and related opportunities, if you don't mind. No, absolutely. You know, I started a company called Motivate. It's spelled M-O-T-O-V-A as an apple. And then the number eight, M-O-T-O-V-A, the number eight. And Motivate is an eight-step self-improvement process to be a better you and uh, be a better business owner. It stands for mental toughness, opportunity, training, obstacles, values, attitudes, and then to be motivated, education, and discipline. Those are eight steps to become a better you and a better business owner. And I go through those with people and I coach people on 
uh, how to overcome obstacles, how to start, how to seize opportunity, how to take a different um, look or a different perspective on maybe their viewpoints. Because a lot of times, you know, people want to do better. They don't know how, or they just need kind of a, a little different perspective on on life or business or family. So I've been uh, blessed to be able to do that and impart a, a lot of great wisdom in other people's lives. And, and quite frankly, doing that, coaching other people really helps me be a better person as well. When you come from a place of service, where you really give a damn about other people and you and your family and you live on a, a higher standard, I tell you, it becomes uh, really, really fulfilling. And I've been blessed to be able to do that now for, you know, uh, since 2000. So my company's been uh, up and running since 2000. And anybody that wants to give me a shout, the best thing to do is just send me an email over. And you can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at motivate.com. So I-N-F-O, at M-O-T-O-V-A, the number eight, dot com. And if you're looking for a motivational speaker, you're looking to be coached, uh, shoot me a message over and let's have a discussion. Um, you know, some of the most important people in the world uh, have coaches. You look at some of the best golfers in the world. Uh, they, they're number one, but they all have coaches. I'm a, I'm a believer in that because that's when you take it to the next level. Thanks, Tony. I will definitely be in touch more in the future. And I really appreciate you taking this time today. I appreciate your service to this country and all you're doing today to continue to help by serving others and uh, educate people. And uh, for what you've done for your family is incredible as well. But again, thanks for your service and for taking the time today with me and the listeners. Likewise, Jim. Thank you. Have a great day, buddy. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye. Over. I'm proud to be your host. I'm privileged to have served and I'm grateful for all your sacrifices. Until next time. Because the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land